Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, this is William Hemphill, Pastoral Counselor, coming to you today with a topic. Two things necessary in any successful relationship. The topic is two things necessary in any successful relationship. The two things I'm talking about today are important in any kind of relationship, whether it's business relationships, family relationships, so on and so forth. And so today I want to start with a story of two people. Now these two particular people have been married for over a decade. They romanced, they did all these wonderful things, had children, And it seemed like things were going well in their marriage. One day, the spouse has borrowed her partner's phone for whatever reason, and she happens to see a message. And from this message, she finds out that her partner is having an affair. Needless to say, she's upset. She's angry. She's hurt. She feels betrayed. Her world has changed and she's shattered. She may even want to take revenge on her unfaithful spouse. And so naturally she confronts her spouse about what she has discovered. They go through arguments, through heated situations, so on and so forth. After a period of time, both partners calm down enough, and they decide, you know what, we want to keep this marriage together. So they decide, in order to work on our marriage, we will go see a marriage counselor. The counselor begins to work with both parties in an effort to rebuild this relationship. They have several sessions. Some of them go well, and some of them are very heated and difficult at times. In the midst of the marital sessions, all sorts of feelings are expressed. There's hurt. There's anger. There's shame. Grief, sadness, all sorts of different things. The offended spouse admits to not being able to sleep. She's hypervigilant, always waiting for the next shoe to drop. What else do I not know about this situation? The partner 
who had the affair shameful, guilty, judging themselves harshly. All of these different things are going on, and no one seems to know how this story will end. I like to say it can end in one of two ways. One option is, of course, they get divorced. This happens a lot. The other option is that they decide to stay together. The question that occurs then is if they stay together, how can they have a prosperous marriage? If they decide that we're going to work on this relationship and stay together, how do they have or keep a prosperous marriage? I like to say it comes down to two elements necessary to have a successful relationship. These two elements that are necessary for every successful relationship are this. Repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. I would like to spend a couple minutes talking about both of these elements. The first one I want to talk about is repentance. Repentance is the act of examining one's self and seeing what they have done wrong in a situation and rethinking a situation in order to make changes. In other words, if I'm going to repent, I'm going to look at myself and see how I might have done some wrong in a situation. I'm going to own up to my wrongness in the process and rethink the situation in order to make some changes. Many times repentance requires us to look through another's eyes to see how they might have perceived something and to put down our own defenses. Repentance has us ask the question, am I doing something unknowingly that is offending or hurting my partner in a relationship? What could I be doing that makes this person perceive me in this way? Why is repentance necessary in keeping a good relationship? It's necessary because as human beings, we all will eventually do something that offends someone. We all will eventually do something that offends someone. If we're married, for instance, we will commit an act that offends our spouse. It's just a matter of time. It's just part of being a relationship. If we're parents, we're going to do something that offends our children. If we're children, we're going to do something that offends our parents. It's just a matter of time. But repentance means this. We look at what we could possibly be doing wrong, and we try to think about it in a different way, especially if it is causing harm. And then we adjust our actions accordingly. The second element in order to maintain successful relationships is forgiveness. 
forgiveness. Forgiveness is the ability to not hold something against someone. It is the process of letting offenses go. It is a choice we intentionally make to state that I will not let certain acts continue to color my perspective or ruin my relationship with you. Understand that forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness is a process, especially when the pain is deep. I like to say that there is decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. That's been talked about even some in positive psychology. Decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. The decision comes when we decide or tell ourselves that we're not going to hold something against someone. The emotional part or emotional forgiveness is the time it takes to heal from the situation that caused offense. Understand that emotional forgiveness often takes longer than a decision because emotional offense in many cases has to deal with the trauma or the hurt that has been experienced on the inside and that needs to be healed. So in the case I described earlier, in the story of the couple dealing with the affair, both repentance and forgiveness are necessary in order to restore the relationship. Both forgiveness and repentance are necessary in order to restore the relationship. Why is that? Forgiveness without repentance, exposes the hurt party to the chance of re-traumatization. Forgiveness without repentance means that the hurt person has the potential to be hurt again. So in the example of a couple that is married and an affair has occurred, The offended party may choose to forgive, but the offending party, if they don't repent and still have affairs over and over, what you're doing is re-traumatizing the offended party over again. You're hurting them over and over and over. Repentance without forgiveness means that the offended party, or the offending party, I should say, never has a chance to correct the wrong or heal from the mistake. They stay forever condemned because nothing they do is perceived as correct. It's like being in a catch-22. I've made a mistake. You you commit a crime. Go to jail. You get out of jail. You change your life. You start living productively. But you're still being condemned for what you did 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever else. 
Repentance without forgiveness means that the offending party never has a chance to correct the wrong or heal from the mistake. That's why I say both elements, forgiveness and repentance, are necessary for any successful relationship. In the case of the couple, when the offending party repents, examines their ways of thinking about a situation, changes their thinking about having affairs, and takes steps to keep things from happening again, then the marriage can be healed. When the hurt or offended party begins to seek healing, begins to look at themselves, receives the bids or actions of love and begins to heal and release the pain, it allows the offended party to draw closer and heal the relationship. Both, in other words, are necessary. I'm going to go further with this. I use marriage as an example, but this is even necessary in our divine relationship with God. Within Christianity, we talk about how God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. In other words, made a way for divine forgiveness for us. But we as human beings still have to repent or change our thought patterns and actions in order to draw closer to God. Another way of saying it is that even within the faith realm, we can't have divine relationship with God without forgiveness and repentance. God forgives, human beings repent and begin to change their ways. Forgiveness and repentance. Breaking it down, another aspect looking at the social political dynamic in our country. One of the reasons I would say in our country why we cannot heal racial relationships is because of forgiveness and repentance, or should I say lack of those things. An example would be in the case of the killing of the Charleston Nine at Emanuel AME in South Carolina. The church members did extend forgiveness to the killer. But here's the thing. If the killer doesn't want to repent, there can be no healing in the relationship. If the killer doesn't want to change his mindset and start to look at people of color as human beings who have rights, it doesn't happen. In the case of Botham Jean, the man who was shot in his own apartment by a white police officer, a woman, the family forgave her. But there's no reconciliation without repentance. What do I mean by this? Every time there's an act where there's a racially involved shooting, and it looks like those who are of the majority, including Christians, I'll just say white Christians, who are defending instead of calling the shooters to justice, you are reopening racial wounds. You are re-traumatizing people of African descent. 
Because people of African descent will look and say, it seems like you don't value our lives. And how can there be reconciliation when I forgive, but you don't repent? Because at the end of the day, all my forgiveness does is allow me to be re-traumatized over and over and over again. Does anybody understand that? Forgiveness and repentance working together and how it applies and is necessary in all our relationships. As I think about this, I think about the story of the prodigal son. We see it in the Gospels. He demanded his inheritance from his father. He basically said, Daddy, as far as I'm concerned, you are dead. Give me my money now. Which was a very bad thing. So he demanded his inheritance Went out, lived high on the town, partied like a rock star, did whatever he wanted to do, lost everything, found himself fighting with pigs over food, which is probably the worst thing that a Jewish boy could deal with. And then he realized his mistake. He repented of his attitude and went back home. Here's the thing about repentance. He didn't even expect to be received as a son. He said, I would be grateful just being a servant because I did wrong. He acknowledged his wrong in the relationship and he wanted to begin to correct it. So he comes back home. And his father sees him. What would have happened if his father was still angry? What would have happened if his father said, you know what? You took your inheritance. You gone. Just get, just get out of here. What would have happened? There would have been no relationship. But if we look at the story, we see that the father sees him welcomes him back into the home, has forgiven him, cooks the fatted calf and has a big ceremony and he says, my son is back. And so because of the repentance of the son and the forgiveness of a father, a relationship was restored. Relationships grow and thrive when we practice repentance and forgiveness. So my encouragement for us today is this. Let us examine our relationships and see where we have messed up and done wrong. In other words, don't even look at your partner. Look at yourself. Where did I go wrong? Let us own our mistakes. Take responsibility for our mistakes 
and see how we can begin to behave differently. Then once we do this, let's do it one day at a time. Let's also look at our relationships and see if we're mistreating someone. Maybe we are still angry for, at someone for something that occurred a long time ago. And if we're still mad, then maybe we need to forgive. Because here's the thing, that relationship is affecting us in the present day. Maybe you had a bad relationship with an ex-boyfriend, and you're so mad at this ex-boyfriend, you think all men are terrible, and so you can't enter into the new blessing that God has for you because you're still mad about the old thing. Let's forgive instead of holding grudges. Let us forgive, repent, and have prosperous relationships. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, thanking you for joining me on today's live and today's podcast. Have a blessed week. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, and I thank you for listening to today's podcast. Just wanted to share a brief announcement with you. If you live in the state of Georgia, I am offering individual, couples, and family counseling via phone or video, also known as telemental health. Again, if you're in the state of Georgia, I now offer counseling via phone or video for individuals, couples, and families. Please go to my website, www.williamhemphill.com. That's www.williamhemphill.com. There you will see a banner that drops down on the front page. My email address and my contact number is located. There's also a button that you can press where you can request an appointment with me. Again, that website is www.williamhemphill.com. You can also go to www.ffeonline.org. Thank you so much, and take care. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 